I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? Now that I've had my left hand all chopped up, still doing pretty good. All things considered. Yes, all things considered. Taking your ibuprofen, trying to ice and keep your swelling down. Definitely icing it down. I've only taken one ibuprofen in four days, five days, but I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Trying not to be a sissy. You don't want to be a sissy lala. No sissy lalas here. So let's dive right into a topic that we've talked about locally, which is the lawsuit that was filed first by Nelson Esparza for defamation against Gary Bredefeld. And then um, it was eventually dismissed. And they're at the request of Nelson Esparza. And now they're going back and forth on whether or not attorney's fees should be allowed in the case and whether it was a wrongful lawsuit, an anti-slap lawsuit. So I guess it turns out that the city of Fresno covered Bredefeld's attorney's fees, but he's still asking for attorney's fees, and then that would repay the city of Fresno. Really? Yes, because they are the ones that represented Bredefeld, and then they refused to represent Esparza in his defamation lawsuit. Secondarily to that... We have the case against Nelson Esparza for attempted extortion. That case was ultimately dismissed. It was just recently dismissed by the Fresno County District Attorney's Office. Now, originally it was filed as felony charges, and a judge said there was enough for it to go ahead, but as misdemeanor charges, or a misdemeanor charge, And then I guess um, the Fresno City Attorney's, or Fresno, sorry, Fresno County District Attorney's Office decided to drop the charges. However, Nelson Esparza gave an apology for his bad acts, so to speak. He said um, he had a, he admits that he had some anger issues and said that he would vote to terminate. Sloan and then regrets that this turned into more. He said he wished that the former Fresno City attorney had come to him instead of going to Bredefeld and talking about what some are saying are threats against the attorney's job. My thought on it is if you issued an apology in, in the contemplation of the lawsuit being, or not the lawsuit, the charges being dropped, It means you've admitted some guilt. Correct. I mean, if he didn't do anything wrong, oh, I was angry, but I did nothing wrong. I'm sorry. Well, what are you sorry for? If you did nothing wrong, why are you apologizing? Yes, if you're innocent as a wind-driven snow, apologize for nothing. But I do dislike that the district attorney's office did not pursue it, even after a judge said that there was enough evidence to go through with the pursuit of charges. I guess uh, our DA Smith camp must have decided that there was bigger cases to go after and not waste time or money. Time and money because it was a misdemeanor, so then it's not the 
not the big, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money. And Fresno was paying on both sides because Fresno County was representing the people. And then the Fresno um, City was paying for the attorney's fees of Esparza. So we were paying on both sides. What a tangled web we weave, though. Isn't it kind of interesting that elected officials and officials that get hired by elected officials and by the county and city can't just do their due diligence and do their job? Now they all have to make a name for themselves because it seems like they're always, you know, their future running for something, so they have to make a name for themselves now so they can run for something later. Right, they're always running for something. Even when they're not running, they're running for something. Absolutely. You got Georgia on your mind? I have Georgia on my mind. It's just interesting watching all this stuff unfold throughout the weeks and how numbers just sometimes don't add up. What is that saying? Liars don't figure, figures don't lie, something like that. Lie, um, oh, what is that? Liars figure and fi- figures lie and liars figure. Yeah. It's just interesting that you would go to a runoff with how close the vote was. Is the runoff going to end up as close as the initial election? Or is there going to be a little hanky-panky and numbers and votes are going to get pushed around a little bit? Well, if you are an election denier, which it kind of sounds like you're being a little bit of an election denier there, sir. I'm not denying anything. (laughs) I'm just looking at what I'm seeing on the news. Yeah, there's, um, it is interesting to see how it comes in. It's interesting that we now have more individuals who have been prosecuted for unlawful voting. It's come out through the the Twitter files that the government and government actors had a role in suppressing freedom of speech and also suppressing certain thought processes and ideas, and that led to a potential swing in voters. And here we are in a runoff that it's a super tight race and we've seen it each day it seems like it the pendulum swings you know back and forth but even a a former police chief was jailed for voter fraud and that happened um as a part of a conspiracy to pay or offer to pay voters for voting in a federal election and it now, mind you, that that particular one is out of Louisiana. It was the former Louisiana police chief, a city council member, and additional co-conspirators were sentenced in the vote-buying conspiracy. But we are supposed to believe that one is just a conspiracy theory, and two that it doesn't sway any of these elections. Never does. They're always honest. The elections are always perfect. Honestly dishonest. So here's a here's a little question for you. So if they're so honest and elections are infallible, is that the right term? We had the most infallible election in 2020. Well, then why do media sites like Facebook, Twitter, and other social outlets decide it's their way or their business to try to alter elections? 
Because they found a quote-unquote lawful way to alter elections. So it's not really wrong if if we go back to 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, how often did we hear if you don't like said social media platform and you don't think that it's a freedom of speech is welcome enough, then go somewhere else? Heard it quite a bit. Pretty often. And then when some individual companies started to get really big, who happened to be more right-leaning than left-leaning, then the individuals who said, well, go create your own platform, all of a sudden didn't like it. They worked with Amazon and uh, Amazon Web Services, and they got the cloud hosting sites and everything shut to shut down the company that they didn't like, and they still said it was under the guise of freedom so then they don't want to play fair. They don't because now when a when Elon Musk takes over the world or at least he took over Twitter, all of a sudden Twitter putting forth the information that was held behind closed doors, which is um people on the Democrat side and the Republican side because it happened on both, were reaching out to Twitter officials and asking for tweets to be deleted and information to be altered or suppressed. And even the FBI was a part of the suppression of information or information requests. Now people are up in arms at the audacity that Elon Musk could have any control or any, you know, push to make things more free to have freedom of expression or freedom of, um, well, Really just freedom, just being able to speak freely. And he calls it a public square. So now we're seeing that that isn't fair. Somehow the thing that was fair for Democrats becoming open and more open to people on the right is now back in the unfair and unjust category. Truth be told, we need to figure out how to fix this. And I think that's what, the Democrat, Elon Musk, is trying to do. As Democrats of old were all about the the Constitution and the laws and being free, and even if you were saying something that is reprehensible, if you were being a sexist, a bigot, a racist, not that I want... More of that in society, but it, you were allowed to say it, even if it was something that we would find reprehensible as a society. You get to say it because now everybody knows how you think and feel. And then they know to stay away from you or that they they don't want to be around you instead of closeting it and hiding it. And people are now closeted bigots and closeted races. Bad people. Yeah, just let the, you know, if you're not in an... A good individual now, more people will know that you're just not you're just a good not person. a good person. So it was interesting, kind of watching this race go on in Georgia, because if you look at the map at Georgia, this map here absolutely tells you, or should tell all Americans, why we have an electoral college. And I know you don't use the electoral. Electoral college for midterms. It's only the presidential election. But approximately 90% of the map in Georgia 
is red. Yeah, and some will say that that's land, that's not people. But then if you look at the overall picture, it means that we allow outsiders, so to speak, to control what happens to others. And to con- and you just don't get a say. But I guess Georgia's Georgia. They get to decide who represents them. And even small counties that have high populations are getting to tell the rest of Georgia what to do. Well, I mean, the Senate is going to be 51-49 now, so I guess they won't need Kamala Harris. Thank goodness. To come in and tie-break every single little disagreement. Well, if we had good leadership there in the Senate and they would take that old goat McConnell and move him out to pasture instead of revoting him in as the Senate minority leader, they might get some more progress there in the Senate, and they might get some crossover votes to swing one way or the other when they do actually vote on things. Yeah, I I do believe McConnell needs to go. It's just not... We do not need to be the party of the oldest, whitest man all the time. I'm sorry. It just seems to be, why is our leadership not reflective? Well, I guess in a way our leadership is reflective of the party, but we need him out because he chose not to fund the campaigns that would have supported a change in the Republican Party. So he is a part of the problem. He doesn't want to see change. That is correct, and that's a direct reflection of his constituents because they obviously feel that he's doing a wonderful job, so they keep voting him back into office. They're six-year terms, yes? Yes, they are six-year terms. And I'm not sure how many times he's been voted in, but I would bet it's at least seven. Well, Mitch McConnell was first elected as the majority whip in 2004. So he's been in a big leadership position since at least 2004, but he uh, was elected initially as a senator from 1985. Long time. 1985. He needs to Long time. Time for term limits and they need to go. Yes, absolutely. He needs to go. He may have been okay at one point, but he definitely... Arg. I don't see why he's still there. So if you look at a vote, let's let's go to this runoff there in Georgia. So if a news media outlet calls it at 92% of the vote in, and now all of a sudden the vote counts stop because you don't see any numbers continuing to win or continuing to climb, I'm sorry. So does that mean all those folks that have voted have now been disenfranchised because they're not counting their vote, or are they going to count their vote? I think they're going to count it, but they're just – Calling it early, basically, for him. Well, I don't believe that they should call it early for anybody, Republican or Democrat, until 100% of the vote's in and 100% of the vote's been tallied. And we should be able to tally faster. Yes. But, yes, we should have everything counted before we start making calls. So why don't we start early voting tomorrow, and then we can go ahead and call the 2024 presidential election Christmas of this year. Right, let's do it. So do you follow any doctors on the internet? I follow some and in various ways, some on different social media platforms. 
Well, I found an interesting one that we kind of both follow that's a doctor. He's actually an RN, but he has a PhD, and he's been an instructor, a medical instructor, for around 35 years. And what I see from him is peer-reviewed, evidence-based studies around the globe. And there was an interesting one the last few days talking about Germany. And, of course, here we go again, because it's not over yet, talking about long COVID and COVID deaths and vaccinations and all that awesome stuff we like to talk about. And how Germany has been randomly finding dead folks in their homes of different age groups of and different, different yes. health backgrounds. Yes. And all within 25 days of a vaccination and 100% of them, it appears, of the small sample, all of myocarditis. And it's within the window of myocarditis uh, being a side effect of the vaccine. And an Another interesting note on on how they came up with the vaccine and how they were trying to mirror the spike protein and all of that. Did we, my question is, did the COVID itself, the, the sickness, the actual sickness, COVID, lead to myocarditis in young and relatively healthy individuals and then our attempt to replicate it so we can give a spike protein so we can have a vaccine give us myocarditis? According to peer-reviewed studies, yes. I had been I had been talking about that and thinking about that and looking into that. And I'm not a PhD-having scientist, but that was something that popped into my brain hearing about what was going on and, and the instances in both people who had COVID and people who had vaccines. And one thing that I noticed when I got COVID, so I wear um, a health monitor. I know a lot of people have them out there, whether it's uh, Apple or another brand. Uh, mine's a different brand. And after I got COVID, I noticed that my heart rate, my resting heart rate was much higher than my usual resting heart rate. And when I started looking at my daily reports after getting COVID, it stayed high for quite some time. And eventually, it went back down. And I'm not talking about that I was sick and having, you know, coughing fits or being generally of, you know, poor health after you get sick. I mean, I was feeling fine except for that. Well, and unfortunately, there are side effects that are affecting all the above. Long-term COVID is affecting people that have had vaccinations and people that have not had vaccinations. It's affected them both. And unfortunately, right now, the number of hospitalizations and deaths with vaccinated have outsurpassed non-vax. And that's obviously because of the sheer amount of people that have been vaccinated, I'm sure. That's why those numbers run like that. But we still need to slow down and back up, take a look. And if myocarditis, see, it's bad enough what COVID does to you. But when you make that extra cocktail, then it makes it twice as bad. Right. 
So then they're having trouble with their data trying to figure out what's just COVID and the side effects of the vaccines. At least there's a ton of peer-reviewed studies now that are starting to show that the side effects were a little bit more serious than some of these manufacturers were leading to be and that the studies were not as advertised. That's why they wanted to hide the evidence for 75 years or whatever, not release it until... Until the, everybody's dead from the time frame that, that right, they are talking about. Right. That that and period, I don't mean from COVID. I mean, like, 75 years from now, chances are the vast majority of people right, that period here group will, be, will gone. be gone. Just like, you know, governments around the world try to do with things that happen when their guys are in war and they have bad earplugs and they have uh, susceptibility from Agent Orange and all kinds of other things. They try to play the numbers game and wait for those folks to die. Right. So something to note with regard to the vaccine and military, an appeals court has upheld a ruling that protects some Air Force service members who refused the vaccine for religious reasons. And so the Sixth Circuit upheld a previous ruling that had decided that the Air Force may not punish or fire service members for not getting the vaccine if they have a religious objection. So that is probably going to be appealed by the government. We'll see what happens. Well, it's interesting paralleling that at the same time, the Navy secretary refuses to even discuss removing the mandate for Navy members, and they're still knocking Navy members out of the service at a pretty high rate because a lot of them refuse to vaccinate. And Navy recruiting is down to its lowest level in years, and they're actually talking about accepting people that basically are breathing. Yeah, they. I believe they did go through with it, and they will accept up to something like 7,500 below average recruits. Those recruits who are in the 10 to 30 percentile on the ASVAB. See, and it's not a knock on them. Not everybody prepares herself in their young life to take on something like that. And they grow and learn over time. That's why we used to have trade schools around the world and around the U.S. Because young men and women could learn a trade and be very successful and maybe not go off and go to a four-year university or even a two-year junior college. Right. And if you look at the way the, the military does their entrance examination is you're not given a hands-on test to see if you're you're good at something that you can prove like, hey... I have an aptitude for insert whatever here. You have to take a test, a multiple guess test, and not everybody is good at testing. And so you could have a person who would be really qualified, but for the fact that they are not good at testing. So maybe they should also look into uh, changing how they test. Right, and some people don't take it seriously when they go take the test. Oh, is that so? Would you know anyone like that? I might know one. So in California, Governor Newsom signed a law that would punish California doctors for spreading false information about COVID-19 vaccines and treatments. And he pledged that it would only apply to the most egregious instances Now, it's really interesting because some of what our politicians in California said about the vaccine and about treatments turned out to be misinformation 
itself. But no politician is ever held to account for their misinformation. They just get to go on. He's not a Democrat. Yes. Just saying. Yeah, that that is uh, seems to be the way it it does happen. But the law will go into effect on January first, and it's already facing two legal challenges to declare it unconstitutional because it would be infringement on freedom of speech. Because they're not saying that all medical misinformation is unlawful, just this specific medical misinformation. And the misinformation is decided by politicians. Mm. So basically, just like the social media outlets did by deeming things disinformation, that's an infringement on your First Amendment. Or is that because they're either corporate or publicly traded companies that they're not held to the same standard? It seems like the standards are different on who's held to what, but it also seems like the standards are, did you do what we say said we wanted you to do? Are you Democrat-leaning? Are you Republican-leaning? That also plays a role in it. Well, what we do know is that our FBI right now at the present time are not very honest individuals. Unfortunately, they are not. And why they've gone off the rails, only they know. And I don't know how you put such a big organization in check because they seem to be working in concert with the CIA and probably the NSA and other acronym-related undercover entities. Because now at Twitter, my guy, Mr. Elon Musk, just terminated the employment of their lead attorney who just happened to be an attorney for the FBI who pushed all the FISA warrants for the fake news that was going on there with the Russia collusion stuff. So even as Elon Musk is trying to release the truth, there was still somebody within the company that was plucking certain information out of the emails that made the FBI and other organizations look bad. Actively working to stop Elon Musk from being able to put information out there. Yes, and it actually took a, I don't know if she's a news reporter, but she's the one that wrote a book about um, Hunter Biden's laptop after it came out, how much trouble it was going to be for the Bidens down the road. The actual name of it slipping me, but I'll get it and give it to you. Um, she's the one that actually noticed when she read all the emails or gleaned through most of them that there was stuff missing, not redacted, just flat out missing, and there was not one mention of the FBI in any of the release documents. So she was a very smart and astute person to catch up and figure that out all by her lonesome. Good for her for sifting through. Yes, and that's why Elon came out the next day and said he was going to release a lot more because he figured out that the attorney was hiding all that information. So that's what the next batch of emails is going to be about. Can't wait to see. You'll be able to fill in the gaps. Who who did what, when, where, why, how, who was able to make the connections there at Twitter, who was able to ask for things to be deleted, were they government actors, 
I mean, we already know that the FBI was meeting with social media. They're the ones who told social media organizations that the Hunter Biden laptop story was fake, was fake news. And so they were, I mean, that was the government suppressing freedom of speech because they are government actors. And they just get to get away with it. Uh, well, hopefully not. Hopefully we, we get the more information and we can see it for our own eyes. But There was an interesting news clip with Mr. Tucker Carlson because we had heard a while back and you and I had talked about it was the fact that he was friends with Hunter Biden. Yes, because it, on the laptop was a request uh, for a letter of recommendation for a child. Well, Tucker spoke this week about that, and he basically said that he has lived in D.C. for 35 years, or lived in D.C. for 35 years. He was Hunter's neighbor. They frequented some restaurants and went to lunch and dinner together, and that's when Hunter was having an alcohol problem, and Tucker was trying to help him out a little bit. And Tucker did say that he was familiar with the family and what they were doing, but not on a large scale. Influence peddling is something that lobbyists do all the time. So he had no idea at the time. He knows now, but he had no idea just how deep and how many tentacles the Bidens had and exactly what they were doing to break the law with national security and the fact that Hunter has never registered as a foreign agent with all of the dealings. Didn't... Didn't somebody just get in trouble for failure to register as a foreign agent? Well, the DOJ is going after a Florida, I believe, either assemblyman or congressman who acted as a foreign agent, supposedly. Um, They went after Michael Flynn. Oh, there you go. That was one. They went after, started to go after and threaten Rudy Giuliani. I believe Paul Manafort was a part of that. So when they were also go back to Trump-Russia collusion, when they were going for Trump-Russia collusion, while they weren't actually getting people on Trump-Russia collusion because it turned out to be fake, um, they were they used the FISA warrants and they used the other kind of ill-gotten information to go after people in and around Trump. Right, and apparently there has not been one prosecution for that law up until they started going after Trump's people and the recent deck of cards that are falling right now. And to your statement that you just made, uh, ex-congressman was arrested over a secret contract with Venezuela. Secret oil contract? Yes, He was hired for $50 million by Venezuela's state-run oil company to peddle the prospect of a thaw in U.S.-Venezuelan relations, which is really funny because didn't Biden just announce that we were going to soften our relationship And start buying crude from them. Yes, he did. Okay. So these folks are very, very corrupt. Yes, they are. And even when they get deposed, even if they do have to to go in front of an attorney general or and, and be deposed, you get, I don't recall. That That's usually their answer. I don't recall. And apparently uh, Fauci was just recently deposed 
And he said, I don't recall 174 times. What? He took after the Clintons? I don't recall? I don't recall. Or other folks that go before Congress that know they're caught, know they broke the law? I don't recall. You know, the interesting thing, though, we're learning, or we've always known about Congress and these committee meetings, when they pull these people before them, they have no teeth. Absolutely. They have no teeth. They will not refer them for prosecution 99.999% of the time, which tells you it's just so they can enhance their resume for the next election cycle. And they also get their little sound bite that makes them sound like a big deal. So coming back to California, let's talk about climate offset credits. Have you heard of those before? Well, I've heard of climate credits before with diesel engines and such. So same, same, Carbon same. Carbon credits. Yes. Yeah, so there are many companies out there who promise a net zero emissions to protect the climate. And what they do is they rely on forests that have been planted to offset their carbon emissions. So basically they have enough trees that suck in the bad stuff and give us more oxygen. And so on paper, the carbon offsets balance out the company's carbon emissions. So it's a carbon credit style system. Yeah, it's a scam. Funny that you should say that because it's been going on for 10 years here in California and new research analysis has revealed to research what researchers have seemingly uh, suspected for years, which is that the forest offsets, the climate offsets or the climate credits might not actually be doing anything for the climate. It's not. It's a ruse. And this has been going on for longer than 10 years. Because I'll give you a little case in point. One of my coworkers, his dad owned a fishing boat. And a large oil agency came to him and said, Hey, if you will give us your old engines, we will give you two brand new, tier compliant diesel motors. Well, they were doing that to all the fishing fleet and all kinds of people here in California as they were taking their motors, giving them new ones because they were getting so much in carbon credits that each engine that was probably $40,000, they were getting $1,040,000 in carbon credits. Wow. Yeah, so this is a big a ruse. Scam. Yeah, it's just like John Kerry and, and them guys flying around the world in their corporate jets burning up hundreds of thousands of gallons of fuel and claiming that they're uh, for the environment, for the earth. They're not. They're self-serving. They paid millions. Yes, they're either... It depends on who you talk to in the medical field that analyzes these people, but they're either narcissists or they're sociopaths. All of the above. Yes. Absolutely all of the above. And unfortunately, a, a lot of people, a lot of fo just common folks buy into their crud and they just continue on like it's uh, business as usual and status quo when in reality they're being hosed by these people and these people are coming up with things that are taking away our liberties, our rights, our ability to purchase that sort of thing. Just watch the fantastic Indian lady today on the on the news, on the tube, on the YouTube, as you say. On the YouTube. On the YouTube. She talked about groceries and farming and famine and how it's actual absolute hogwash that guys like this Microsoft dude think they can come in and they can genetically engineer and it's because of the way we farm 
and the chemicals that they used to use and on and on and on is what the problem is when in reality she basically blamed a big part of India's problem back in the 40s on Britain thinking that they owned India and that they were charging uh, just commoners just for living, charging them rent. It's almost like mafia extortion. It's a very interesting article, and I, I forgot what I'm having a little issue with terms, but she talked about the Indian folks and how they finally decided they had had enough, and they came up with a specific term and said, you got to go. you got to get out of our country. You're taking our national treasure. Go. So, yeah, yes to all that. Round of applause. But in, in all seriousness, this is what she was talking about, and then if you look into what they're doing with us for climate change and whether or not you believe there's climate change or you're a climate denier or what have you, we, society, who are the regular folk, are getting hit with more fees and higher cost of doing business while those who claim to be for the environment and saving the environment and stopping climate change are doing the exact thing that we're not allowed to do, but then they buy these fake carbon offsets. They still, as you noted, ride around on their jets, and they tell us that we're the problem. So we get locked into fixing a problem that they create and is really unfixable because they're still continuing to do the things that held us hostage. So we're paying those rents, so to speak. We're paying higher fees for things. Instead of actually fixing the problem, it's just a fake fix. They make millions. And we're the schmucks, really. Well, let me throw this your way. We'll add, right, we'll pile, let's pile onto these folks. Let's get them. So I don't know much about the EU because I live in CA or California. The European Union wants to meet climate goals. Therefore, there's a war on agriculture. The Netherlands is shutting down 3,000 farms to meet climate goals. We're going to starve people. We're creating our own famine. They are going to conduct forced buyouts of 3,000 Dutch farms with the intention of closing them down to cut nitrogen emissions in half to meet the country's climate goals. So you do that, and then what do they eat? They eat dirt? Or do they push it all into China, and then they get to pretend like they did something when those 3,000 farms are now going to exist somewhere else, and there's going to be no regulation on the pollutants that are out there, it's just not coming from them. So they get their little pat on the back that they did their good job because that's what we've done here in the United States. When we move stuff to other countries because it's quote unquote cheaper, we don't want to, we don't want the emissions. The emissions still exist. And in fact, with less regulation over there, the emissions are worse. If you look at how much China pollutes, now that's partially our fault because we're doing business there. If you look at how much they pollute by pushing more over there, the pollution is only going to get worse. They're not doing 
it better, even though a, a lot of times they like to claim that they're doing it better, they're not doing it better. So great, you closed 3,000 farms, you know, you Dutch government, good job. And now somebody else is going to make your food or you're going to kill your people. Which here in California, you know, when there's no water, you see signs all over the side of the freeways, you know, no water, no food, no farms. And theirs is no farmers, no food. They're, right. call, they're calling it a great reset in full force. And they will take those farms by force if they have to, because they don't have, they don't have a first and a second amendment like we do. So they're allowed to get ran over by their governments and the governments like you said are the problems they're going to create a famine they're going to starve people and there's going to be no turning back that's why they're having to cut wood right now in germany because they have no fuel oil and it's freezing cold there they've gone solar all over the eu and that makes literally no sense at all when you go solar in a country that i think only has about two weeks of sun that was so not not Germany, but I lived in England for about six months. And while I lived there, there were two weeks of summer and they weren't consecutive weeks either. We had one week at one point in time and one week at another point in time. And I swear every other day was cloudy and cold. I would do laundry and sit on top of the dryer, which apparently would not be functioning uh, in Germany at this point. But I would sit on top of the dryer to try and warm up because I was so cold. And I get it it was a different climate for me too, but there was no sun. There wasn't a solar powered farm on top of my roof wasn't going to save me and get me electricity. So as you noted, you're going to have to burn. And if you look at the Central Valley inside a lot of our cities, it's illegal to burn wood. So we would hope that if we were out of fuel oil, we would be able to burn, but chances are, California being California, they would still say, no, you can't do that. And we would be running into a problem where we couldn't keep warm and we can't use electricity. Yeah, so I would like to just kind of talk about what's happening. So we just talked about what's happening in Germany. We talked about what's happening in um, different parts of the EU But to continue and and slightly go back to China, let's talk about what's happening in China. Right now they have a zero policy, which is a lockdown. Zero COVID policy? Yes. It's a lockdown of all individuals who come into contact with COVID, may have been exposed to COVID, and their lockdowns are happening in different ways. They actually have built camps that can hold at least 90,000 people. They are hauling people off to these camps They are essentially put into um, an isolated jail cell, a single isolated cell. Those are the ones that are actually being hauled off to the camps because others are being locked into their homes, locked into high rises, and they welded doors shut so people could not get out. And for some of these people, they're locked in for months, months. Recently, a high rise caught fire. And it killed a bunch of people who had no way to escape because they were welded in to their house. Additionally, China is spraying unknown chemicals across the cities, telling people to stay inside or they will be poisoned. 
So not only do we have these human rights violations in China, we also rely on them for our stuff. And we are putting more reliance on them. And right now they're locking everybody down. So you know that we're still not getting our things. We're still doing business with them. We're doing business with human rights violators. And somehow we don't want to be reliant on ourselves. We still haven't learned our lesson. We're still doing the, and we can be international. We can have business dealings with other countries, but we are so reliant on these other countries that we have to do business with human rights violators. Or we won't have uh, uh, meet our medical needs. Well, that's our government's fault. And all these corporations like here, I'm on my iPad next to my iPhone. Apple. And Apple makes hundreds of millions off the production of their phones and their equipment in China. Knowing full well the human rights and civil rights violations against their own people. And let's not forget about, let's see, what were the Muslims that they were slaughtering? The Uyghur Muslims. The Uyghur Muslims. Still happening, and I believe that that's where the high-rise fire happened that killed a bunch of people. It's because they didn't care enough about them, and they didn't care to try to help them because they're, they're subhuman to them, essentially. So i got a question for you about an organization What's your question about said organization? If your organization had 22,450 employees, do you think that you would know and read every single document that your tax attorneys and your CEO, or not CEO, but your accountant, your head accountant, runs through you? Probably not. I don't think... uh I don't think I would have enough time because you have a tax accountant given how complex these companies can get, especially if you're in more than one city, more than one state. You have employees from different states. You have to meet all of these different compliance laws for your taxes, and maybe you have tax credits that you were given because you agreed to do business in a certain state, or maybe you have to pay more heftily because you have employees in a certain city. I don't think as a an owner slash CEO, you would have the ability to have all of the nuances in your head, along with running a business, taking meetings, doing corporate operations, etc. And then Me you set your business off to the side for four years and you run and win the presidency. And then you're hounded for four years on a false narrative. And and mind you, do you remember the part where they said that, that Trump should have everything in like a blind trust so that way he wouldn't know what was going on at any given time? But I bet you they would still want him to know what was going on on his tax returns at any given time, but then they would fault him for not knowing what happened? Well, the, the fine for his organization being found guilty on all 16 counts it's interesting because it's a multi-billion dollar corporation. The fine's only $1.6 ish That's not even a tenth of a percent. No, so I just want to know how much it costs the people of New York because they were he was prosecuted by a New York DA that just doesn't like the man, and I'm sure he's friends of friends of friends, so they went after that just because. Because I just don't believe whether you like the man or not, that he followed 
them taxes 100% and knew everything there was to know about that. It's just not possible. I, I don't think it's possible at all. What else I don't think is possible? What else is not possible? Is that a Speaker of the House can parallel right next to him and do insider trading multiple times in her career and never once get in trouble. No, and just say, like, I don't know, we don't talk. That's apparently enough. I don't know, we don't talk. Although the filings seem to go exactly when I'm having meetings and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know, we don't talk. Yeah, just interesting. But she's not the only one. There's Democrats and Republicans on both sides. Oh, yes. Oh, there are. Uh, do not take that the wrong yeah. way. It's not just a Democrat. No, this is Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. There are people on both sides who are doing wrong. Yes, very guilty of insider trading. And what was her name? Are you talking about Martha Stewart? Yes. Did something very similar, potentially. So they accused her of insider trading, but I believe the only thing that they got her for was lying to the feds, a charge of 18 U.S. Code 1001. And she went to jail for it. Yes. And... So just as a side thing, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg do a lot of crossovers together. Snoop Dogg has done different things with Martha Stewart on a cooking show and things like that. And if you look at them, you think Snoop Dogg, the gangsta, the one that raps is the bad, you know, person who's been to prison. But nope, it's just Martha Stewart. Fact. And... Also, fact is the two of them now have probably made more money together than she ever tried to make on that one stock trade. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So just to keep going with the um, the Trump train. <laughs> the Trump train. Um, so... To go with the taxes, too, House Democrats now have Donald Trump's taxes. The Treasury Department has indicated that they have handed those over. So while we are seemingly not looking into the wrongdoings of Nancy Pelosi or the Bidens, we are looking into Trump even further. So the the House Democrats now have Donald Trump's tax returns. Additionally, After the Twitter files were released, and not all of them are out yet, but what has been released appears to show that there was collusion between our government, government actors, Democrats, Republicans too, and um, silencing certain trains of thought, certain beliefs, or just true stories in general on social media. So Trump has likened that to voting fraud and widespread voting fraud, or a version of voting fraud. I could see that, my little simpleton mind. That it it sways the election, or it swayed the election. And so what he said, though, is, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC, and the Democrat Party, Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? That's something that that Trump threw out there. So now people are saying that is Trump trying to throw out the Constitution. And? And I'll say why I say and. 
Okay, why do you say and? How many Democrats across the country have wanted to do away with the Electoral College? Right, isn't that throwing out the That's Constitution? That's throwing out the Constitution. It is in the Constitution, right? It is. Okay, and there are states across this nation that have actually voted to change up how the electoral votes are counted. So they get to make up their own rules as they go. So it's only a problem if it comes from one side side. versus the other, just like when there was other certifications for president and some House members on the House floor did not want to certify the election and they were on one side and not the other. So it, it works both ways. It works both directions. What we need to do is wash out these crooks come up with term limits, work on getting our voting machines to actually work on the day of the election, get the votes to actually be tallied in a timely manner, and do away with this bull of being able to start voting two, three, four weeks early. That's wrong. There's no way to 100%, I don't care what they say, authenticate these mail-in ballots. Mail, just regular mail, is stolen all the time. Yes, it is. And uh, USPS workers destroyed Elise Stefanik's campaign mail, and it is claimed that they stole $20,000 worth of donations. That was through the mail, and that was federal employees working for USPS. That's just one instance, and they were willing to do it to a very high-profile elected official. Imagine what they're going to do to the small guy. Well, see, and that's where it goes to the these folks always say that, oh, well, it's only, you know, a handful of votes. It's 100 here. It's 500 there. Well, when you're in a community like you talked about a couple episodes back to where the margin is only 100 votes or 150, when things get twisted, that's when people lose that shouldn't lose. Right. And so it matters. And if it's every, imagine if every single local race had fraud involved, whether it was 1, 10, 100, 200, and then you add up every single local race where people are cheating. I don't believe that they're only voting on the local race. They're going to vote the whole ticket. Whatever they did to to get that ballot, they're going to use it up. And this is Republicans. This is Democrats. This is both. Corruption happens across the board. And people who shouldn't be elected, we saw it in Los Angeles where there was a corrupt council member and that election actually got flipped with his fraud. And then the one that we just mentioned earlier on this podcast, out of Louisiana, the police chief and a council member, a pay-for-play, pay-for-votes. It is happening across the United States, and if you downplay it, you're a part of the problem to me, and or trying to say, like, oh, it wasn't widespread, then it just doesn't count. Somehow, we're able to look past it, and it doesn't matter. Any voter fraud should matter to everybody. So, yeah. So, who won the mayor's race down in Southern California in L.A.? Well, it was Democrat versus Democrat, so the Democrat won. Right. It was Rep. Karen Bass, she defeated the businessman Rick Caruso. Yes. 54.8% to 45.2%. 
she's the very first woman to represent LA as a mayor. That is awesome. And the very or the second black Angelino elected, which the first one was a male, and I believe it was Tom Brady. Not the football player, Tom I Brady. I was gonna say I don't think he's black. Was that the governor's name? Or not the governor. Was that the mayor's name? Tom? No. Well, Bradley, Mayor, Mayor Bradley, because that's the name of LAX. Oh, Tom Bradley Tom internationally. Bradley, not so, Brady Bradley, Tom Bradley. So Tom Bradley was the first black Angelino elected, and she's the second, but the first female elected. Which I'm all cool with that. I don't understand, because I'm not black, the emphasis placed on it for certain folks, but it does have a lot of meaning. So I know for me, like if you see, if you're a little girl and you want to grow up to be like somebody, now you have a person that looks like you that you can be like. So if no women are elected, for instance, right now we have no woman that we can look up to as a past president and say, I want to be like that person. Yes, you can break a glass ceiling and possibly be the first woman elected to be president. But you just don't have that person to look up to. And if you look at all of our past male presidents, as a man, you might look up and say, I look up to Washington. I look up to Jefferson. I look up to Lincoln. And you kind of, you have a model and you have somebody that you looks like you, so to speak. And I don't mean as a white guy, I just mean as a male. You have somebody that looks like you. So now the glass ceiling of Los Angeles has been broken and a woman was elected. Right. And see, that's cool. And here's how my simple mind thinks. I'm going to give everybody a little direction. How many million people live in L.A.? L.A. proper. Were they the two best candidates to help the Angelinos out and lower their taxes, provide them with crime prevention, an easier path to home ownership, to affordability, and an end to partial homelessness in L.A. Well, that's what you want, but other people might want higher taxes, so maybe they are the best person for the job. Well, I always want somebody that's the best for the job. They don't have to be the most educated, just as long as they're, they are the best at what they're going to do or what they're about to do, and they stay out of my wallet. And that's what you look for. Yes. And what I look for is always the right thing. So as long as everybody jumps in line behind me, we have no problems. Oh, is that how we're doing it that's now? How, that's how this works. I see. Yeah. I unfriend you from my wall. I'm not on your top eight. Nope. Top two, you and your sister. My space reference for those of you out there who are unfamiliar. So let's talk about the Biden crime family. What? I know we talked a little bit the about big it. Guy? Let's talk, let's about, the talk big guy. about the big guy. Okay. So Twitter has been checking Mr. Biden as he keeps saying some mistruths. And so now we get to see that Biden is being fact-checked. For one, he claimed at one point that guns had been used to kill more than 150 million Americans since 2007. That would have been half the population. He was off a little bit. He was off just a little bit. Um, when honoring 
U2 because apparently he was praising the band U2, um, one of the Kennedy Center honorees. He praised them for selling amongst the most albums ever. And then he said 150 albums sold. So he got that a little bit wrong. He seems to have some trouble with numbers. Well, and he likes to plagiarize, so he doesn't know what the truth is. It's always somebody else's truth. Yes. Yeah, so one of his truths was we've created 10.5 million jobs since he took office, and that's more than any other administration in history. And then the little fact check that came on said that the context that people may want to know is that people were allowed to go back to their jobs not so much that he created the jobs. So we're seeing a lot of fact checks come out of Twitter that didn't used to happen so much to Biden. So can we uh, have you do a little math here? I can try to do a little math. Since he's the one that fudged the numbers on gun deaths. Okay. Okay, so there's roughly 32,000 gun deaths per year in the okay. United States. Okay. Of those, 60% are suicides. So, say again, how many 32,000 th- 32, per year. Okay, so 32,000. Yes. That would make um, the deaths that are suicides 19,200. Okay. And then that would make the other 40% 12,800 deaths. And in the, within that number, 3% are accidental deaths. Of the 32,000? Yes. Okay, so then that would make it 960 are accidental. And about 32% of the gun deaths are, 34% of the deaths or just over 11,000. And well, this goes back to 2010 and 2011. So they've really gone back quite a ways. And the numbers are all over the place because the murders, the gun murders are only around 8,900. So there's other issues there. So he definitely can't get his facts straight. No, he can't get his facts straight. And then the other thing that he likes to do, or at least the entire Biden family likes to do, in the celebration of Christmas, they hang stockings over at the White House for all of the grandchildren. And when Jill Biden was doing her second holiday look, because they already had Christmas last year, Christmas this year, they refused to acknowledge by putting up a stocking for Hunter Biden's child that he had out of wedlock. So they just don't acknowledge the one child that he had with Miss Roberts in 2018. Navy Jones Roberts. So it's only, baby's only three, four? Uh, would be four this four year. Four years old this year. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that little baby's going to feel when he or she grows up a little bit and doesn't realize or realizes that. Grandma and grandpa never acknowledged them never at the it, White House yes. or at their, at their Christmas. That could be a psychological hit for that little one. Yeah, and I would say that they got called out on it last year for not acknowledging all of their grandchildren. And then this year they go and they do the same thing. They had to know it was going to happen. They did. They don't care. Just like a man, Heartless. just like the man is taking a flight to Arizona, to Phoenix, and refuses to go to the border to see what's going on. There are other more important problems, he said. 
Well, yeah, and if it's out of sight, out of mind, if you don't see it, it doesn't exist. Right, because there's not a problem at the border. And also, just so you know, inflation is also your fault. According to Biden's Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, she claimed that because inflation was caused by Americans splurging on goods and technology during the pandemic. I'm taking that television back. It's your fault. We would not have inflation in my ipad for you and i believe she also did make a comment about not having to more abortion across the country on demand is going to have something to do with inflationary figures or something like that something like that strange people absolutely strange people they uh well it's always also somebody else's fault all the time well when you're a poor leader you blame it on somebody else because it's never your fault correct it also looks like the student loan forgiveness may b- we will have to wait until February. That's when arguments will be made as to whether or not Biden has the authority to cancel student loans. Wasn't the president's authority pretty cut and dry in the Constitution? Not according to Biden, but it's Biden according to Biden, and he can do whatever he wants, and executive orders are amazing, even though under Trump, executive orders were completely unlawful and terrible. Oh, there's that thing again. Depends on who you are. Yep, and uh, to go back to our not border problem, border problem, so the U.S. air marshals have actually been sent to the border to help out and they are now sounding the alarm that they are doing jobs at the border that are like menial jobs. And it's causing things to happen on airplanes that they can't take care of because there's not enough air marshals to actually be on the airplanes. Well, reduce the seat size. Oh, well, that solve all our problems. Take less passengers. That'll solve it. Yeah, so the the air marshals have been made to perform mainly non-law enforcement, civilian humanitarian duties, and there have been more uh, assaults on planes, and uh, there have been attempts to breach the cockpit and other life-threatening behaviors, including an individual who had a straight razor to a passenger's throat and instead, we're sending our air marshals to do to help where there is apparently not a problem at the border. Whatever happened to arming the pilots? Doesn't mean everybody else isn't going to get assaulted on the plane. That's true. So, do you watch police shows on TV? NCIS? I've seen some. CSI. And I have watched them over time. So, do you think those are realistic shows? No. Okay, so you don't believe they can do an autopsy in 10 minutes flat and tell them within 24 hours so that way they have all of the information they need to uh, convict the person <laughs> who's right. being arrested. So it's very unfortunate, the deaths of the young college students in Moscow, Idaho. It's been about, I don't know, three weeks now or so-ish. And what do they expect a police department of about eight officers and a couple of uh, FBI agents that have been sent down there to help them out to be able to do in that short amount of time? Well, we expect instantaneous answers, and when we don't get them, it's their fault. So no instant gratification? Yes. Yeah. Well, I hope they eventually find this person, because this person has done this before. And I say that because 
somebody that does that kind of brutal murder with a knife. It's an adrenaline rush for them, I'm sure. And they have some experience in doing it? Yes, and they have some experience at doing it in the past. So it was either a fellow student, college professor. They're now saying the possibility exists that it's somebody they met at a frat party. Okay, yes. Two of the gals attended a frat party. Uh, And that's kind of where I was going with that and what I was thinking that I'm not an investigator by any means. As a matter of fact, you have the degree in that field. I don't. But being the simple guy I am, you can sit and listen to some of the minute news that's coming out and kind of deduce where you would go if you were an investigator in the direction that I would go in. And I would actually, believe it or not, go to the NSA as an FBI agent and ask them if they had any satellite movement over that place you cannot look at u.s citizens i'm not looking at u.s citizens i'm looking i'm looking for footprints going down the street i'm looking for a vehicle leaving at a certain time i'm not looking for a body a a specific u.s citizen so you're looking at non-specifically but specifically looking into U.S. citizens. Correct. I am. Okay, so I'm going to make a segue, which is to back to January 6th. And the reason why, hear me out, this is connected, I promise. The warrants that they obtained to search the general area. So right now a federal public defender is sounding the alarm on overly broad unconstitutional warrants because it just wrapped everybody up who may have been in the vicinity and you would run into the same problem if you're attempting to spy on u.s soil you're going to wrap up americans in said looking you're not supposed to just spy and I, I, i use that and look at and view Americans, you have the right to not be unreasonably searched. And that is... What if it's not an American-made car and it's a Toyota or a Datsun? Nice try. Yeah, okay. But So that's one of the arguments that they're making. So to go again, January 6th, is that the geofence warrants that they use and the tactics that they use just brought in... So many people that had nothing to do with the alleged crime, the riot. Right. So let me double down. Even though it's a small community, there has to be a camera on a house, on a business, on a light pole, on something that captured some movement or something that night. And I don't doubt that. And there's all different states of cameras. So you would hope that it would give you enough information that you would be able to identify who's in there. But they also, in their limited amount of time that you have in a 24-hour day and people need to sleep too, and this isn't the only crime, even though I'm sure they're making it their number one priority right now, is that they have to not only have the time to physically follow up on clues that they're getting, maybe interview people, but then you get hours and hours and hours of footage that somebody has to sit down and go through as well. That also takes time. Absolutely. That's why I don't believe in CSI shows as reality. They're just 
fantasy. Right. Zoom so. in and enhance or the, the photograph is absolutely perfect or the video shows right. every minute detail. Well, two quick things on that. Potentially the perp is that we can call him perpetrator. Yes. The alleged perpetrator. I believe it was a wooded area in the background in the back of the home. So maybe the person scurried off into the woods. They could be a hunter familiar with uh, tactics to kill or and tactics there, to yes. get away. Was there not two survivors? I believe there was, but they were not attacked at all, and I believe they didn't know that it happened. But I could be mistaken uh, uh, that on you that. You are correct. That's what they have said, but are we sure? I'm sure that's what they're investigating. Boy, wouldn't that throw a monkey wrench in everything if one of them is such a good actor that... It was actually one of the people that was alive in the house. Yes. Not saying it was. I'm sure they've already interviewed them and they've checked for body language and movement, had an expert watching them, and they feel that they're in the clear. So in um, two pieces of sad news that have happened over the last week, we now have confirmation that a FedEx contractor potentially kidnapped and murdered a seven-year-old. I say confirmation in that they are arrested and they are being charged. But now we're looking at FedEx delivery drivers and what kind of background checks they have. But it turns out that this individual kidnapped the girl from her home and it was a crime of opportunity that he is alleged to have committed. Well, do, it doesn't matter what kind of background checks these people go through. A bad person is a bad person. Yes. You're never going to vet out somebody like that. And I hope that if this person did do it and he goes to prison, I'll just leave he it at that. He doesn't stay there too long. I'll just leave it at that. I'll cut that out. So in the second piece of news there's a wisconsin boy who is 10 years old so i say boy because he's 10 he is being charged as an adult in the alleged killing of his mom because his mom wouldn't purchase something that he wanted from amazon young man is very disturbed so he allegedly shot her because he was mad that she wouldn't buy a video game headset from amazon now, I guess originally the boy said it was an accident and he was playing with the gun and then it went off. But so this 10-year-old has a 26-year-old sister and the family actually started telling the police that there were serious concerns that it may not have been an accident. And the complaint says the the 26-year-old sister told detectives that this 10-year-old has rage issues and has displayed these rage issues since at least the time that he was four. He took a puppy, a family puppy, and swung it around uh, by the tail until it whined and cried and howled in pain. Six months ago, he filled a balloon with a flammable liquid and set it on fire, causing an explosion. And he's been taken to a therapist. There was all kinds of issues now. Unfortunately, it sounds like that young lad might be a psychopath. Yes. So knowing or knowing what we've heard, because we don't know anything to be truth, we just 
it is truth until we're told differently. But at the age of 10, knowing that he is potentially a person who is going to have rage issues, is already getting some sort of therapy for the rest of his life, is charging him as an adult the right response? Depends. Because I think you talked about a case, as my old boss would say, a while back ago, that they had charged a kid not as an adult but as a youth, and then they could not hold him, I believe it was past the age of 21. I'm not sure about Wisconsin, and and in California it's 26 is the absolute, I believe you must uh, release them by... uh, Maybe this prosecutor is fully aware through a psychological profile of this kid's background and potential future abilities. Therefore, they're going to charge him as an adult so they can hold him over indefinitely. If they're, if they're convicted as an adult, the Supreme Court has held that they cannot be sentenced. I, I believe they cannot be sentenced to death. And they also cannot be sentenced to life without parole. I think parole might be an option in cruel and unusual punishment. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. A fine line they're trying to walk with this kid. It would appear so. I mean, they would be sent to... It looks like they're just sent to adult prison by the age of 18. Well, if this kid goes to prison at that age... And with his history and background, according to his relatives, he's a wash. He's a done deal. Right. They'll never rehabilitate right. enough. They should to never let him back out in society, I don't believe. No, but there should be some sort of a mental health hold as well like yeah, in yes. order to get the person help. Because clearly this person needs help, but I don't think they'll ever get better. But they might get enough help to get okay. For jail. Yes. So speaking of, let's go back to firearms and guns and the government and corruption and all that boxed into one box. Does Fast and Furious ring a bell? Yes, it does. It was a gun running program that we had between the U.S. and Mexico. And some Mexican citizens were killed. And a Border Patrol officer was also killed. Yes, with guns that had GPS trackers in them. And we have possession of them guns. And now the ATF is wanting to destroy all of them guns. And one of our reps there in um, D.C., Ohio Rep. Jim Jordan, has told the House Judiciary Committee that the move to destroy is improper given the scandal, was still a matter of high public concern. Well, the ATF apparently intends to forget its dangerous misconduct in Operation Fast and Furious. Given the potential for ongoing criminal and possible civil actions, it is not in the best interest of the Justice Department for the ATF or justice for the ATF to destroy potential evidence associated with Operation Fast and Furious. So here's here's one for you. The government we, destroying their own evidence. We literally have somebody jumping the gun to destroy evidence so they no longer look bad. That's not a surprise. 
it's really not a surprise that the government would move to destroy the evidence that shows that they did bad things, made bad choices. Let's hide it. Yep. And depending on where you're at, too, some bad people get to get away with doing bad things. And you have um, cases that are being dismissed in Oregon because they say there's not enough public defenders to defend the accused. Therefore, you have people who have are alleged to have assaulted. You have a child abuser. You have somebody who... Uh, left an, another individual with a collapsed lung and broken bones after being hit by a drunk driver. You have, apparently, the Oregon is saying that only 31% of the, that it only has 31% of the public defenders it needs to run effectively. We're not hiring enough public defenders or we're not referring out to the community for the public defender's office to pay, or it's taxpayers, for a private attorney to then stand in as a public, you know, pay for the defense. And instead of prosecuting people, we are letting them go. So when you do a change of venue, does it have to be in that state? I believe if it is a state charge, it does. I was just thinking maybe they could do a change of venue and send them to a state where there's plenty of public defenders. It would be an undue burden to force people to defend themselves out of state. It's just like, okay, not quite the same thing in severity, but we used to live in a city where a car was ticketed for being stationary for too long. And mind you, it was just a a matter of a couple days because in Clovis, you can only have your car parked in the same spot for 72 hours. So if you're gone for a long weekend... Or you go on a vacation, your car can be ticketed. And in order to fight the ticket, they had a county that wasn't Fresno County who was issuing the ticket. So if you wanted to fight it, you had to go way out of the city and spend more in gas and going in front of a judge than the, usually the cost of the ticket. So then they were just collecting all of the all of this money. Yeah, they still do that here. If you get a parking ticket in downtown Fresno the place you have to go to courts in San Jose. So things like that. And if you and I under I do believe that we should have the ability to locally defend ourselves and fight for ourselves. And so I understand why they wouldn't move it out to a different jurisdiction, but we do video teleconference hearing for criminals all the time. So how could you not get a judge within the state and a public defender within the state? To work on the case. I forgot all about video Video and teleconference. I'm way behind the times. Sit before a television or a a video monitor and do your court. Great thing. Yes, and immigration courts use it as well. You can have the judge on the phone. You can have your attorney on the phone. You can be on the phone and you get to go through your case. So it What a great idea. Modern technology. Yes, modern technology. Didn't even think. Modern I was solutions. thinking taking a horse and buggy across the state. You can just do it by teleconference. So what do you think happens when two U.S. Navy warships are in a bay pointing right at each other, moving at a pretty good clip? They could potentially hit each other, yeah? Yes. That you just say it's happened. It's like a big game of chicken? Yes, that just happened in San Diego Bay. Was it a game of chicken? 
it sure looked like it, but the bigger warship was definitely going to win the fight. One of them was coming back into the bay. The other one was leaving, going out into the open ocean, and they almost got into a header. And if you looked at the flags that were flying, the one coming in actually had a San Diego civilian pilot operating the ship, and the outbound one did not. Interesting. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.